Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 a Pale Podcast. (laughs) When you hear the ghost sound, that means there could be ghosts with us. You know, we might get into a juicy little episode. Uh, me Me and brother Alex are running a little solo. Uh, in this one, it's a little lonely on this episode of the, the Behold the Pill podcast show. Um, we're going to have to drop some lines, drop some lines out there with some chunks of big uh, meat on them. Try and catch some big fish, get it populated or something. Well, uh, some cocaine lines, dude? Some cocaine lines, you animal. Oh, good, some nose candy. I could use it to get me through the night. That, that very, where we're going to drop our lines, or we're going to drop our lines immediately right down into what people call the water. You know what, water? Chappaquiddick, baby. Uh, if you've seen the title, then you know where we're headed with this. Um, you know, for anybody out there that doesn't quite know, like, uh, about the Chappaquiddick deal and the Ted Kennedy deal, I don't think Alexander, uh, was quite hip to it. And there was a Well, I mean, I mean, uh, I, I knew of, uh, the different stories and the things around it, uh, about old, uh, Teddy Boy. And of course, I've heard some rumors and different, uh, uh, you know, uh, things people have said about it. I mean, have I really looked into it? No. Um, but, uh, we're going to be delve into it right now. You know, we're, we're from around the area of where the Kennedys are from. You know what I mean? And, uh, we're going to dive in real quick, but the Kennedys are notorious, uh, what is it, Massachusetts, Cape Cod, you know, type family, you know what I mean? Uh, Martha's yeah. Vineyard as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they uh, pretty much are uh, as much as uh, royalty as uh, King Charles when it comes to, you know, the Massachusetts area. I mean, heck. Yeah. Well, I mean, in they... general, I mean, in the political game in general, you know, you, yeah. you think of families like the Bushes, the Clintons, you know, stuff like that where it's, it's, 
multiples that have been kind of rocking it and rolling it and doing it, you know what I mean? And when I say multiples with the Clintons, you know, Billy had his time and uh, Hill had her time kind of, even though she wasn't in there, she kind of still kind of reigned in uh, as much as the letter, you know what I mean? She yeah. she was doing it big. So, like, the deal with the Kennedys is, like, I don't hate them for being pimping, pimping, you yeah. know what I mean? They're big pimping, like. All those big political families are just gangster. They're living like Corleone lifestyles. You know what I mean? They, they answer to nobody. And, uh, there's something very gangster about it, which I think was appealing to the people. You know, the celebrity, there was like a celebrity that comes with it. Even before, like in the last maybe 15 or so years, uh, roughly, you've seen your, 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 your politician really take on a celebrity standpoint. You know, the president was always kind of like a celebrity figure and such, but you really see now you see a lot of like mid-level people, like all those people that are always getting trashed and hated and shit like that. The names that flow around float around, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, heck yeah. Remember when old uh, JFK was in the white house with, uh, with uh, Jackie Onassis, uh, it was uh, termed Camelot. It was yeah. to give kind of, um, you know, a feeling of a classic uh, uh, time. You had an attractive uh, man and an attractive woman as the first uh, uh, lady and as, as the president. And uh, we all know that um, old uh, Jackie Kennedy was not as, how should I say, um, cool or as nice as uh, a lot of people are put him out to be. I mean, he had no problem getting a little bit on the side, even if it was a little Marilyn Monroe. Well, like I said, they were, it was, it, you know, I know JFK battled off with the mob a little bit, and it was really like a pissing contest. And, I, you know, I do, and the Kennedys are, like, right up there. You know, they even have a band named after them, the Dead Kennedys, you know. Chappaquiddick has a movie. Um, but, yeah, JFK... Uh, you know, you know, the term conspiracy theory comes from his killing. Then there's <laughs> Bobby Kennedy, you know, which is you know almost and up, and his killing and his killing, which is not exactly like as huge as the assassination of the president, but he's still it's still pretty iconic. Being shot in the kitchen, you know what I mean? I the pictures, you know, I when I pictures flash through my mind that from the articles and stuff like that. I always remember reading about it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's that famous picture of like the dishwasher who's like holding his hand while he's like, you know, kind of getting ready to say adios amigo type deal. Um, but yeah, and then there's Teddy, you know what I mean? And Teddy's kind of a locally, Teddy was like, a lot of people like Teddy, but like he was known to have a terrible drinking problem. You know what I well, mean? Well, te- Teddy, Teddy was okay. I mean, the way you have to look at it this way. Now, if I remember this correctly, I could be wrong. But there was, let's say, one, two, three. I think a total of four Kennedy boys. Uh, the oldest one died in the war, I believe. Yeah. You had JFK who was assassinated. Right. You had Bobby who was assassinated. And then you got Teddy. I think that's all of the... Um, the uh, the Kennedy boys. Now, the way you have to look at, at, at the whole family dynamic with them, it's not very much different from uh, the uh, 
the uh, the British monarchy, as we talked about in one of our previous episodes, in the fact that you know uh, the first son's always expected to be the um, the shining example, the one to take over the family business if you know the parents die, kind of deal. But he ended up, if I believe correctly, died in the war. Okay, yeah. then. You had um, John, who was the second one. And uh, as, I mean, what is the highest, uh, what would be considered to be a king in America? The president. And guess what? He became the president. And then his younger brother uh, uh, took on, uh, you know, the um, uh, the uh, judiciary um, position. And, and, of course, tried to run for president after, you know, JFK died. Um, and then, of course, he himself also came to an untimely end. So, here you have Teddy Kennedy, okay? Now, he's, he's, he's grown up, he knows the score, okay? He has three older brothers, okay? All the accolades go to them, they're the, the ones that, uh, you know, everyone, you know, looks up to and prays. Um, and I mean, his oldest brother uh, died in the war. He's a war hero. He got the second older, oldest one becoming the president. And then you got Bobby with his accomplishments. And, and Teddy, for the most part, he, as you said, he was the, he, he was the black sheep. He was, he, he was the, um, the one that no one really took any notice of. No one really gave a shit about Teddy. Okay, yeah. and and of course, as time goes on, he ends up being the only male heir left in the Kennedy line. Okay, in 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 you know the uh, in in that uh, line of of um, you know the Kennedys, as far as I, I can think of, maybe I'm missing one, but I think uh, so. Here's the thing. Okay, he's a screw up. And all that. And he ends up, uh, uh, I believe, uh, if I remember the tachycardic thing is, he's driving, uh, probably drunk, with a girl in the car, ends up going into the water. He swims out. She dies in there. Then, you know, everyone rallies up. They, uh, they, you know, I think it uh, took a few hours to, you know, sober him up, make him presentable. When they finally decide to go to the police about the incident, of course, not giving a, a, a crap about the poor young woman who actually died in the car accident. That that really tells you, you know, how how great and 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 great the, the uh, Knights of Camelot are in in America. Yeah, uh, Mary Jo Kopechny, and uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna read the account of kind of like what what. The, if you will, probably the most known official account of what happened. And then we'll get into a couple of different theories. You know what I mean? Go ahead. So, you know, in Chappaquiddick Island in Massachusetts, sometime around midnight between July 18th and 19th, um, 1969, when, you know, the year of the Manson stuff, too, a very interesting year, when Senator Edward M. Ted. Kennedy uh, negligently drove his car off a narrow bridge, causing it to overturn in a tidal pond. This resulted in the drowning death of his 20-year-old passenger, Mary Jo Kopechny. 
who was trapped inside the vehicle. Kennedy left the party uh, on Chappaquiddick at 11.15 p.m. He maintained that his intent was to immediately take uh, take the lady home, to uh, take her to a ferry landing and return to Eg- Edgartown, uh, but that he accidentally made a wrong turn onto a dirt road leading to uh, a one-lane bridge. After his car skidded off into the Pucha Pond, uh, Kennedy swam free and maintained that he tried to rescue uh, Kopechny from the submerged car, but that he could not. Uh, her death could have been could have happened any time between about 11.30 p.m. Um, Friday and 1 a.m. Saturday. As an off-duty deputy sh- uh, sheriff stated, he saw a car matching Kennedy's license plate at 12.40 a.m. Kennedy left the scene and did not report the accident to police until after 10 a.m. Saturday. Meanwhile, the diver recovered uh, her body from Kennedy's car shortly before 9 a.m. Saturday. So there's a lot going on here, you know what I mean? At, uh, now at the t- July 25th, 1969 court hearing, um, you know, do you want to attack, do you want to attack this right off the bat before him, him t- talking in court for the first time? Or do you want to, because I no, mean, there's feel, a, feel, feel, keep, uh, keep going. I mean, all right. now at, at July, tw- on July 25th, 1969, the court hearing Kennedy pled guilty to a charge of leaving the scene of an accident and received a two-month suspended jail sentence. In a televised statement that same evening, he said his conduct immediately uh, after the accident made no sense to me at all, and that he regarded his failure to report the accident immediately as indefensible. Uh, January 5th, 1970, judicial inquest concluded that Kennedy and Kopechny did not intend to take the ferry and that Kennedy's intentionally turned toward the bridge operating his vehicle negligently, if not recklessly, at too high a speed for the hazard which the bridge posed in the dark. The judge stopped short of recommending charges and a grand jury convened on April 6th, 1970, returning to no indictments. On May 27th, 1970, a registry of motor vehicles hearing resulted in Kennedy's driver's license being suspended for a total of 16 months after the accident. The Chappaquiddick incident became national news that influenced Kennedy's decision not to run for president in 1972 and 1976, and it was said to have undermined his chances of ever becoming president. Kennedy ultimately decided to enter the 1980 Democratic Party presidential primaries, but earned only uh, 37.6% of the vote. He lost the nomination to the incumbent president, Jimmy Carter. So there you have it. But, um, you know, yeah, Mary Jo Capecini, rest in peace. Very sad stuff, you know what I mean? Um, you know, him, him coming, the indefensible thing popped out to me. Uh, you know, you almost have to do that. It's kind of like trying to sweep it under the rug a little bit. Like, well, if I just say that I'm super sorry and I really don't know why, I don't, I don't know why I did that. Maybe he'll keep it going. It could almost be some guilt if maybe somebody above him, which I think is possible, cleaned it up and he st- he felt the guilt for it. And it's possible that he could have. That's why he could have drank too, because uh, he knew what happened and the family was the family wasn't letting him take the hit. No, even if he was like, you know, I deserve it. I think the family was like, well, the name ain't taking this hit, so you better shut the fuck up, Ted. 
Go crack yourself a bottle, baby. We're going for a ride later. You might come back. Be careful. You know what I mean? I've talked to before about I think the fa- I think the Kennedy family was super gangster, not just with other people, but with each with with each other. Like like what like when when JFK was going down and Bobby was going down, I almost feel like the father didn't didn't the father didn't put the hit out on him, but I feel like the father was was in the know. Like he kind of knew it was going to happen. Nothing he could do about it. You know what I mean? But like I, he kind of knew. The dealio. We're talking about mega powers. This is like super. This is like uh, this is definitely some Michael Corleone type shit for real. You know what I mean? So yeah. what, a, well, what you just what you just read that what we just heard right there, Alexander. What what pops in your head? Any of that pop off as suspicious or anything crazy? Well, I mean, the thing is suspicious. No, it's what you expect from, you know, the people with that power and with that uh, kind of um, connections. Yeah. I mean, the the fact is, um, I always thought that um, all the stuff, because when when you're looking at at, um, what happened to, you know, uh, John F. Kennedy, and you look at what happened to Bobby. Yeah. The reason that those two got dropped out was that they didn't. They thought they, themselves above uh, certain, you know, rules and regulations in the game that they're playing. Okay, because they they're Kennedys. They are, you know, uh, they are part of Camelot. They are the knights. Um, Arthur's not supposed to get suddenly, you know, gunned down by, you know, um, someone in the dark alley kind of deal. Yeah. So they pushed their luck. I mean, the fact is that while well, they are extremely powerful, the Kennedys uh, uh, come from uh, rich and privileged that you and I will never know. Okay. Yeah. But. The fact is that even they can go past a certain line where they themselves can be considered uh, reasonable to uh, get rid of them. And that's what happened with both John and Bobby. Okay. Now, the fact is, now you got Teddy, who's now like the run of the litter. You got him. You know, being an idiot, uh, drinking and driving, and ending up killing this young woman. Now, here's a perfect uh, opportunity for those who probably were behind John and Bobby getting whacked. Okay? They're like, hey, okay, here's like the only candidate he really left. Okay? He did this. Let's, let's help, you know... Get him out of uh, any real jail time. Let's try to put things under the rug. Try to, you know, keep keep him, you know, kind of controlled and neutered. So that they can finally have a Kennedy that they can control. Because the reason John and Bobby went, they couldn't control those two. Right. But now, you got drunken uh, Teddy, who's... Already gotten this young girl killed, right? And even though that everyone knows about what happened, and everyone, you know, assumes that you know Teddy was responsible, 
those in charge, those with the actual power behind the uh, the screen, they made sure that Teddy uh, didn't do any real jail time. And then, of course, they you know they use uh, use him in whatever way that they see fits to a point where they didn't give him an, enough power because they gave John and also Bobby quite a bit of power. And what happened? It went to their head, and they thought they were above those that helped get them to that power. Right. So instead of, you know, trying to get Teddy all the way up to the glorious seat, they, they use Teddy to get to a certain level, okay, which he can, you know, help probably, you know, do some back ends dealing and all that. But they never you know, try to, you know, push him farther like John and because they know what it is with the Kennedy mindset. Okay. When, when they finally reach the, the uh, top and hey, I'm friggin' King Arthur, they start acting like King Arthur, even though it's Merlin that put King Arthur on the throne. Oh, dang. Yeah. And no one fucks with Merlin. So before they before this crash, they were all hanging. It was about some folks hanging with the Boiler Room girls, which were a group of girls that were always helping him on his presidential campaign. Um, oh, I'm sure they were helping him on his presidential campaign. That's the big. That's the big thing because you got to be respectful to the dead. But that's always the vibe I got. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and uh, all the, the gentlemen that were there, the majority of them were married, even though they were hanging, you know what I mean, with these chicks and stuff. And uh, so they left the left the party. Now, there's a certain there's a theory that I guess I'll throw out there now because it, this one kind of goes with this, which it's the theory of, um, you know, Mary Joe getting having too much to drink at the party or, or was feeling like ill. And she said she was going to go lay down. And apparently there's a theory that she supposedly went and laid down in the back of Ted Kennedy's car. And then Ted Kennedy left with a girl that was actually married to like a, another political person that was like a big deal. Like it would have been an issue if the world found out that he was, you know, messing around with her. And supposedly they were going somewhere to mess around. And, uh, you know, I almost want to say that maybe somebody was performing or something while Teddy was driving. And, uh, <laughs> you know, long story short, they go over into this bridge deal and, the, the, the Teddy and the girl got out, but they didn't talk about the girl because she was married to the, the, the you know, the big political figure. But Mary Jo died in the back seat napping. Okay, so 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 the the that theory is the fact that he and this other girl got in the car and they uh, they just didn't notice he was napping in the back seat. They, yeah, they didn't notice she was napping in the beat. They were all hot. they were in the back. They were all hot and heavy, and they were gonna go cruise off somewhere to do something, and um, you know maybe you know maybe just do something while they were cruising. Who knows? And that could have been why there was a crash. Um, but that's one of the theories that I, in my research, I heard that theory. Now I don't get down with that theory. I don't think you do either. Well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Again, of course, I wasn't there. But if let's say, uh, you know, that she felt tired, she felt sick, and and, and all that, wanted to lay down. 
Now, yeah. why did she lay down in the car and not in like one of the many rooms that they probably had at the place? Realistically, thinking yeah, of, be- thinking, mean, of how, mean, it- thinking of how terrible some of those those dudes could have been, she might not have wanted to got molested if she was if she was feeling and ill. She thought she wasn't going to be molested in 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 in, in someone's car either. Not- if you're well, if we're riding this theory, she would be safer in Teddy's car because Teddy's hands are already over this married woman, you know. And she, supposedly they were all friends. So, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so realistically, the safest place—if that was the theory—was reality. The safest place where her would be for her to be hanging in the back seat of Teddy's car. But she probably would have told Teddy, "Hey, look, I'm going to be in the back seat." Yeah. But, I'm, but I'm, then I'm, again, but then again, man, she could have. Maybe she could have, and Teddy was fucking pounding him back and completely wasn't caring about what she said. You know what I mean? It's very possible. I, like, I, I don't I, believe. I, I don't believe this theory, but I mean, there is kind of you could like like right we that little that little like we went down a little hole on that one and it kind of, things were starting to act like they would make sense a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, he, here's the thing uh, right. for, for that theory to work. Okay. okay this okay. is how, how, how I, I would say that, um, Ted and the married woman, they get in the car and, um, the one who actually died also, she was either, they were going to do a threesome or whether, you know, whether that or, you know, they uh, were going to drive her up. I mean, her just falling back into sleep and they forgot she was there and that's why she died. I I can't buy it. I can definitely buy the fact that Teddy going hot and heavy with this woman who's married and then, you know, uh, driving that. And, and um, uh, the one who actually died is also in the car. And, you know, it hits down. She gets her head hit more and she's, like, knocked out. And he's all worried about the woman he's hot and heavy with, so he saves her. And then he gets out like, oh, whoops, the other one died. But that's okay. She's not the one I care about. If so, if, we, if we were gonna go if we were gonna go with that theory being true, if we were trying to sell that theory, I would say... Teddy was very drunk. The female passenger that was had the husband was very drunk. Uh, it's very possible that Mary Jo was very drunk and passed out in the back seat, and that's why maybe there wasn't much movement going on. And again, another thing that if you're if you're on the verge of passing out, I don't vibe. I don't vibe well with that's the type of people you want. I feel like those some of those folks would give you a poke and and uh, not call you in the morning. You know what I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I mean, the thing is, I uh, going with that theory, I mean, I can see all three of them getting in the car together, whether they're going to, you know, do something together or whether, you know, the, uh, he's going to go with the wife to have some fun, but they're going to drop off the other girl on the way or something like that. I mean, a half dozen the other. I mean, it's... I mean, I would not be surprised that one of the reasons this poor woman died is the fact that he was trying to cover his ass because he was with this other woman or something like that. I mean, the end result, whether this is true or whether this isn't, the fact is uh, Ted Kennedy was all about covering his ass in this situation. Not the fact that 
this poor woman died. Okay, I mean, if if he was, then when he got out, she wasn't there, you know, and he couldn't save her. Okay, he should have like called the cops. Or like, okay, this is situation. I mean, dude, he's a Kennedy. Okay, I mean, the 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 cops would probably be, you know, bowing and says, "Yes, Mister Kennedy, I'll do whatever you say, Mister well, Kennedy." I think there was some of that involved for sure. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. Okay, the the at least if he got out and then he called and you know was like called the police as soon as it happened and have him go out. At least you can. Uh, Feel like he he tried to do something, or at least attempted to show that he actually gave a shit. You know the thing that you know the idea that he's very drunk. The idea that everybody in the car is very drunk, and the accident happens. I could I could believe. You know, if he was drunk and he was only had one thing on his mind that it wasn't the girl in the back seat; it was the one on the passenger side, and an accident happened. And those two got out, they would be so, their mind would be so blown about kind of what happened and surviving that it's very possible that they could forget that there was a third person in the car. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't think that's I, I mean, what happened. I mean, I mean, we can, we can go with that too. Well, I don't think I mean, that's I mean, what happened. I mean, I mean, I mean, the fact is that yeah. I, I, whether that, that's the situation or not. I mean, the fact is, if he was as drunk as we keep on saying, I'd be surprised that he didn't get out and just pass out on the, you know, beach after, you know, the car, you know, uh, crashed. I think it's, well, the theory of, the theory of there being another car, I don't think was ever addressed. Like, maybe somebody followed him and got him out of there and they, they fucking drove him home. You know what I mean? Like, there's not really another... Which it's possible that there could have been another car, you know what I mean? True. I mean, the thing is that uh, I would not be surprised that, you know, uh, the, that the Kennedys had someone tailing Teddy because they know what the fuck up he was. And, you know, so what well, happened and, and said, hey, let's get Teddy out here. Let's sober him up. Let's make him presentable while we go to the press. I mean, the fact is, and this is the most sickening thing about this right. kind of thing. Image is all that's important to them, okay? Yeah. And they are willing to do whatever for this image, this Camelot image, which is a fucking joke, mm-hmm. okay? Because, I mean, they put their pants on the same as everyone else, okay? But they yeah. want to live in this fantasy world that they're more superior because of the quote-unquote upbringing and, you know, money. And the fact is, that there is, you know, <laughs> I mean, heck, uh, everyone has a drunk uncle and Teddy was theirs. Well, not even if the people following him were a fuck up because he was a fuck up type deal. Not even that, like even more realistically would be him and him and maybe, another, you know, a couple other people being like, oh, this party's over. Let's go take it here or wherever. Or like the people that were going to get down. And do some sexual stuff. Maybe they were all going somewhere. It was a different time. You know, they all could have been getting down together. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. I don't... Well, I mean, I mean, the fact is, what, what, I mean, whatever happened, whatever the end result is, yeah. That the fact is, 
everyone was worried about saving uh, Teddy's ass, okay? Whether it's for their own personal gain or whether it's for Teddy, you know, himself, okay? And the fact is a poor a woman died because of, you know, everyone being focused about, you know, poor Teddy. Or at least, you know, whether she died on impact or whether she di- died drowning, that's still to be uh, in 100% uh, proven because, I mean, you can't trust what, what comes out uh, when you're dealing with people with so much power. I mean, the fact is that I mean, you can't trust anything that really comes out of, you know, the autopsy or anything like that because all they have to do is pay someone off. Or, or call their friend, not even a payoff, yeah. a favor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, now, he, he claimed that he tried to rescue her by swimming down to try and get her out, you know, next, the next day. Um, this is what he would say and, uh, hollering her name. I don't know what type of help that would do, but, um, so, yeah. I, uh, I, wait, know. wait, hold on, hold on. Did you say uh, he went back the next day to try to get her out of the car? No, 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 no. Okay, because I, I I'm like, I'm doing. like, I'm, I'm a dude. I want to know what kind of liquor he was drinking and think that. She might still be alive a day after the accident. Well, candy is dandy, liquor is quicker. They only talk about the alcohol because it's legal. For all you know, he was like, doing some heavy shit, you know what I mean? Um, they were smoking blunts like tree trunks and fucking doing lines of cocaine that only the Alex Hawkman could survive, you know what I mean? But the rescue attempts always made me laugh, you know, because it was a joke of a rescue attempt. That's a, you know what I mean? It's possible when he was yelling, somebody could have came in. And at that point, the Kennedys are already like the Kennedys. So if, if, even if you, um, if you were friendly with the family, you'd help them out for the favor aspect of being fellow elite. If you weren't friendly with the family, you would still help them out to hopefully get in favor of the Kennedys. So, like, if some dude just opened up his door because he heard something one night and walked over and was like, oh, shit, dude, like, Teddy Kennedy is fucking crying on the beach, blabbering drunkenly about how his friend is dead. He killed his friend. Do we call the police or do we get a hold of the Kennedys? And the wife goes, you call the Kennedys on that one, sir. And they they figure that out. Uh, They say the police, let's not get the police involved. And they were probably paid handsomely not to get the police involved. You know what I mean? And then there's so much craziness that that can come down. But then again, you also say, with all the power that they have, why wouldn't they just take Teddy out of the situation completely? Like they could go, they could go, realistically, they could go find another, somebody her age in a different car, you know, anything, if they were going to, you know what I mean? If they're going to try and cover it up, it could have been covered up. They could have took, pulled him right out of the picture. So like, that's a, that's a, a very interesting thing too, is like, yeah, well, that, I mean, I mean, I mean, that goes with what I, really, if there was a cover, if there was a cover up, why does anybody know that he was involved to begin with? You know what I mean? Well, what, what I'm, I'm like, oh, I said before that, yeah. um, the question is, who was the ones involved? I mean, of course, you got the Kennedys. Yeah. But then, of course, you have to also look at uh, the Kennedys have had such a bad luck when it comes to, you know, 
their boys ending up uh, dying before their time. Okay? Yeah. So the fact is that this would have been a perfect opportunity for someone who was, how should I say, maybe involved in one way or the other or with uh, uh, friends who were involved with uh, the untimely uh, demise of those two young men. And they saw this as a great opportunity. You don't hide this. You make sure it's public. You make sure it's out there. Because then you have something that you can always, you know, you hide something. Let's say, for example, that him fooling around with this married woman is actually a real part of the story. Okay? And let's say this woman is connected to an extremely powerful individual that both the Kennedys do not want any of that blowback to happen. But these people can use that as a constant thing to hold on. So when they have uh, uh, Teddy in a position of to help them out and, and they ask him, hey, we want you to do this. And he's like, I don't know. I don't think I really should or can. They're like, hey, listen, we still have this trump card. Everyone knows that you're willing to, you know, let this uh, girl die. Okay, to hide this secret of you, you know, playing around with this guy's wife. Okay, who's also a powerful individual that could cause more problems for him and also the Kennedy clan, which have, how should I say, a lot of bad luck when uh, dealing with um, untimely demises. You got JFK was in 1963, assassination. I think Bobby Kennedy was 68. I could be wrong, but I think. Um, And then 69 this year. I mean, the Kennedy family's been through so much that, I mean, that could have been reasoning for the the excuse of Teddy being a drunk. You know what I mean? Uh, It could be the, them saying, you know, they've been through so much. We, we can't let this like pop out too. You know what I mean? There's a, it's an interesting thing because yeah, I mean, like when you're kind of that powerful, and you're what that known in your community, <clears throat> it's kind of like all those, all the scenarios you ever see play out in TV and movies with the, you know what I mean? That type yeah. of situation. I mean, I mean, the thing is that there's a lot of different possibilities and ways you can go in and delve in. I mean, when you're dealing with people with so much money, so much power and influence that, um, they, I mean, it's like the old saying that, you know, it's always lonely at the top because everyone wants to uh, knock off the king off its throne, right? So the fact is that they have, they've been up, standing up there on the top of, of a throne. And because of that, people want to knock them down or people want to use them to get to where they want to be. And the fact is, while, I mean, if if you want to go and, and delve into the mob itself, that, you know, the mob helped JFK become president, okay? And then when he became president, it was like, hey, dude, I'm the president, so um, fuck you. Mm. I don't have to worry about this because I'm untouchable. And then, of course, you know, whether it's the mob itself or someone else he pissed off, he was touched, and so was Bobby. 
touched by an angel. Uh, I would say more like a devil in disguise. Whoa, blow his head back, dude. Um, Yeah, he needed a new hat after that. Oh, come on, you went too far, dude. You went way too far. Uh, You know, unfortunately, you know, later that day around 8 a.m., I think was when they found the body of Mary Jo. It was a 15-year-old boy uh, and some dude fishing. And uh, they seen the car, called the cops. They pulled them out and they found her in the back seat, which probably gives the credibility to any of the, you know, backseat sleeping claim. But anybody that knows anything about situations like that, you know, once you're in the water, man, your body could end up anywhere. You know, yeah, okay, I, I have a question. Right. Okay, so when did they find the body? They found the body a uh, short time after, 8 a.m. Okay. Now, Time's before really that, did, did did uh, uh, Ted, uh, uh, I mean, did uh, Ted uh, release any kind of, um, like, uh, statement before that? No, I don't think so. All uh, right. So, I mean, heck, you can go with that, that maybe he didn't know that she was in the back, but uh, I don't know. I still have a hard time. It's it's weird because, like, why do you – you got the whole deal with him at the – you know, yelling for us, claiming to go back in, but then saying, I didn't know she was there. It's it's something that if any one of us or anybody listening – and Dade would be fucking hanging, would be hanging in the gallows by like six. Oh, we would night. have been taken out and shot. Yeah, it'd be a big problem for us. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the fact is, all those contradicting stories sounds like a guy trying to think of what's going to be the best story to tell people to make them not hate me. Right. Okay. I mean, the fact is, I don't think any of us are ever going to find out what really happened. Other than the fact that, you know, this young woman, unfortunately, was in the car with uh, Ted Kennedy, most likely when he was drunk. And, you know, she ended up dying because of it. And, and of course, the thing is, it was obvious that, you know, because it took so long for them to finally, you know, call the cops and set it up. Or maybe the fact is that they were hoping that the body would not be discovered. Well, I have his, his, you know, his televised statement, which, you know, whenever there's that, you know, you know, troublesome stuff. At 7.30 p.m. on July 25th, Kennedy delivered a lengthy speech about the incident prepared by uh, Sorensen uh, and broadcast live by three television networks. He began by reading the speech off a prepared manuscript. Kennedy explained that his wife did not accompany him in the regatta due to reasons of health, which she's probably humiliated that he was, you know, fucking dead chick, found the dead chick, you know, let alone a chick alone. Now she's dead. You know, he denied uh, he engaged in any immoral conduct with Kopechny or driving under the influence of alcohol that evening. So automatically he's lying. He said that his conduct during the hours immediately after the accident made no sense at all to me and said that his doctors had informed him he had suffered cerebral concussion and shock. Well, that works. He said he regarded his failure to report the accident to the police immediately as indefensible. So everybody remember that out there. Cerebral concussion and shock. Uh, If you ever do anything wild, that'll supposedly get you out of it. 
Now, to the horror of Gargan's attorney, his statement revealed his enlistment of the help of Gargan and the Markham. Sounds like some fucking ancient ones type stuff to try to rescue Kopechny, despite assurances he made he had made to the effect that he would not involve them. You know what I mean? He said all kinds of scrambled thoughts went through his mind after the accident, including whether the girl might still be alive somewhere out out of that immediate area, uh, whether some awful curse actually did hang over all the Kennedys. Uh, right there, he's plugging into that. Well, remember, I was the guy whose brothers got killed fighting for you guys. Whether there was some justifiable reasons for me to doubt uh, what had happened uh, and add to my delay, um, delay my report, uh, and whether somehow the awful weight of this incredible incident might in some way pass from my shoulders, he said he was overcome by a jumble of emotions, grief, fear, doubt, exhaustion, panic, confusion, and shock. Um, I assume they would all be there, yes. He said that he instructed Gargan and Markham not to alarm Mary Jo's friends that night, uh, then returned to the ferry with the two men and suddenly jumped into the water and impulsively swam across, nearly drowning once again in the effort returning to my hotel around 2 a.m. and collapsed in my room. So homeboy really tied one on, man. He was drunk as shit, you know what I mean? Uh, Kennedy then put down his manuscript, uh, though he continued reading from cue cards, and he asked the people of Massachusetts to decide whether he should resign. He's quoted as saying, if at any time <clears throat> the citizens of Massachusetts should lack confidence in their senator's character or his ability with or without justification, he could not, in my opinion, adequately perform his duties and should not continue in office. The opportunity to work with you and serve Massachusetts has made my life worthwhile. So I ask you tonight, the people of Massachusetts, to think this one. Think this one through with me. Uh, in facing this decision, I seek your advice and opinion. In making it, I seek uh, your, seek your prayers for this is a decision that I will finally have finally uh, have to make on my own. So he's like, you can tell me what you want to do, but I'll be do I'll be making the final say on that. Uh, the speech concluded with the passage <clears throat> passage quoted from John F. Kennedy's book, Profiles and Courage. Um, which was ghostwritten by Sorensen, the same dude who wrote this guy's testimony. Uh, a man, a man does what he must in spite of personal consequences. That means if you got to cover up a killing, you got to cover up a killing. Now, critical reaction to the speech was immediate and negative. NBC newsman John Chancellor compared it to Richard Nixon's 1952 Checkers speech. Remember that one, Hawk? Um, no, not specifically. Oh my God, it was horrifying. Six weeks before uh, the 1952 United States presidential election, uh, the dude was talking about funding, he needed some speech, wanting checkers, he wanted to play a big game of checkers with everybody, and uh, nobody wanted to play games with him. You know what I mean? 
But uh, the admirer, David Halbenstam, wrote in Harper's Magazine that it was of such cheapness and bathos as to be a rejection of everything the Kennedys had stood in candor and style. It was as if these men had forgotten everything which made the Kennedys distinctive in American politics and simply told the youngest brother that he could get away with whatever he wanted because he was a Kennedy in Massachusetts. I mean, that was some serious shit. If you're going to be anybody getting away with, you know, if you're a Kennedy, I'd say you're probably on top of the list of getting away with some of the most shit. Maybe not so much anymore, but maybe so, maybe still. You know, I assume, I know there's still a couple of them doing some stuff, but back in that era, oh my God, it really was king and king stuff like you were talking about, Hawkman. Now, Hawkman, I know you have you have a gentleman's theory over there. I think Francis Russell's theory. Do you want to pop into that a little bit or? Oh, uh, uh, you got to be a little bit. Uh, uh, what What's uh, this uh, Russell guy's theory? Well, if you were to start at the very beginning of that article that I have you opened up. Yeah. Around the part that it says, you know, the sedan swings down the road. Uh, you, you want me to start reading this? You can go from that way to the Cape Cod community part. I wrote it all for you beforehand. Oh, hey. <laughs> that's just that 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 is our that's our that's our dude's theory. This is another theory of what happened. Um, a sedan swings down the dirt road of an inconspicuous summer resort on a beat heavy July night. Reaches a makeshift bridge over a tidal creek, slurs toward the low wooden siding, and plunges off into eight feet of swift water. The driver manages to squirm out of the overturned car. A passenger does not and is drowned. It is a deplorable accident, but commonplace. One that might have occurred on any summer night in any resort in a country whose casualties from automobiles exceed those from wars. If the driver and the unlikely passenger had been nobodies, the occurrence might at best have been worth the notice of a local paper. But the driver happened to be Edward M. Kennedy, Jr., member of and senior senator from Massachusetts. The most most glamorous probable Democratic presidential candidate for 1972. You got it. You can stop there. Um, I think we read the wrong part, but that's okay too. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, he's right. Okay, the fact is, if if it was you and I, yeah. okay, Matt, you were driving. A car. I was the passenger. Yeah, I like you that. You were drunk off your ass. Okay. You crashed. I drowned. Okay? No one would give a fuck. Oh. Okay? Oh, it'll I be mean, like that. Uh, other than our, our close relatives, okay, they'd, uh, but other than that, uh, no one would give a fuck. Okay? Um, but because of who the, the, two, uh, the, uh, the person driving was, that's why it became national news. Now, yes, you can. I mean, the fact is, maybe it was just a simple accident. There was nothing more behind it, and all that. But the fact is, because of who he was, he was rushed aside, and it was hours before they, you know, uh, contact the authorities. I mean, 
if I understand the timetables correctly, they found the body of the poor woman before he made the statement, right. which yeah. probably was why he made the statement. For sure. Be- oh, yeah. Be- because, I mean, they probably were down like, well, maybe the car, you know, got down far enough that no one will find the body. We can, you know, try to cover things up, you know, among ourselves. We'll, you know, you know uh, put a little uh, circle around uh, Teddy, try to, you know, protect him from all the uh, possibilities of what's what could uh, come from this. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact is that whether it was an accident or whether there was more behind it, the end is still the same. A poor woman uh, lost her life, and the way that they handled it is definitely very questionable, okay? Mm -hmm. And if, honestly, if if Teddy had, you know, gone out... And try uh, try to save her and failed, and he was there, and he got in contact with someone. He should have called the cops right away. And the fact is, even because he's still a Kennedy, the end result he probably would still walk away without any real judgment. Yeah, but because right. of the delay in calling the cops, because she was found before he even made a statement. Okay, it brings up a lot of questions of why of the delay. The most common one is that the Kennedys were trying to save face, try to, you know, get him sober so no one can say, well, he was drunk and, 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 and all that and put more tarnish on, on the Kennedy name. Because the same thing about, uh, uh, uh the same thing that makes the, Royal family in Britain so insufferable is the same with the reason that makes these people who are pretty much the royalty of the U.S. at that time, okay, suffer, insufferable is the fact that their, how, uh, their, their legacy, how they look, okay, is more important than anything else, mm. okay? And the fact is that when something horrendous like this happens, whether it's an accident uh, like this, a simple accident, you have to come from it right away. You don't go home. You don't, you know, hmm, maybe we'll we'll wait and see if 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 we wait a few weeks, maybe you know the body will be taken down shore and away from your car, or maybe they're waiting for. Things that uh, die down so they can get someone to remove the car and the body, but they couldn't because of other things going on. Because there's a lot of possibilities that could have happened. The body was discovered before they could, you know, remove the body and the car from from the water. Mm. Because the way that they did all this, all it, it, it shows me is they were desperate to cover this up and try to save face. Okay, it wasn't as important to them to come out and say this poor woman has died and we have to take responsibility. Now, Teddy did take responsibility. Okay, but it's after and he's reading from a a a um, 
a, a speech that was written by somebody else. Right. Okay. Which, you know, you had some, some guy that, you know, they pay like, okay, we want you to write the speech so Teddy can keep being, you know, in political office in, uh, for, from Massachusetts and try to, you know, you know, say, uh, oh, I'm sorry for what happened, but please, you know, if, if you really think I, I should go, let me know and I'll go. But, you know, I'm still really good for you guys. You guys shouldn't let me go. But if you really want me to go, I'll go. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it felt to me. It's like... Now, I mean, on the other hand, from what I've heard about uh, Teddy Kennedy, you know, in his political offices and all of that, he has done a lot of great stuff for Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay, and that is true. And the fact is that um, he is a good uh, senator and, and all that. But the fact is it still doesn't change the fact of what had happened and the things leading up to that. And it's my biggest problem with this is that no matter, in my opinion, no matter who you are, you should be accountable for your actions and be taken uh, and and um and then all of that. Yeah. And like I said, um, there could be a lot more uh, uh, darker stuff in it. Like you know, maybe there was another person in the car. Maybe there was another you know underlying reason why they did not come out straightforward and try to take care of this. Yeah. And they just waited until they did not have a choice. They had to come out after the body was found. Now, the judge, Judge Boyle released the following findings in his report. So these are interesting. One, uh, the death probably occurred between 11.30 p.m. on July 18th and 1 a.m. on July 19th, uh, 1969. Now, the time's always been kind of weird, fluctuated back and forth weirdly, I think, throughout the whole deal. All right, two, uh, Kennedy and Kopechny did not intend to return to Edgartown at that time. Kennedy did not intend to drive to the ferry slip and his turn his turn onto Dyke Road had been intentional to a speed of 20 miles per hour as Kennedy testified to operating the car as large as his Oldsmobile uh, would at least be negligent uh, and possibly reckless if Kennedy knew of this hazard his opera his operation of the vehicle constituted criminal conduct. Now, and then, yeah, uh, four earlier on July 18th, he had been driven over Chappaquiddick Road three times and over Dyke Road and Dyke Bridge twice. Kopechny had been uh, driven over Chappaquiddick Road five times and over Dyke Road and Dyke Bridge twice. So they're going back and forth a little bit. Uh, he, I believe it. Uh, it's probable that Kennedy knew of the hazard that lay ahead of him on Dyke Road, but that for some reason not apparent from the testimony, he failed to exercise due care as he approached the bridge. And then I therefore find there is probable cause to believe that Edward M. Kennedy operated his motor vehicle negligently, and that such operation appears to have contributed to the death of Mary Jo Kopechny. 
Having found probable cause of a crime under Massachusetts law, Boyle could have issued a warrant for his arrest, but he did not do so. Despite Boyle's findings, uh, Deanish chose to pr- prosecute Kennedy for manslaughter. Uh, the Capacini family did not bring any legal action against him, but did receive a payment of $90,904 from him personally, and then 50000 from his insurance company. Uh, the Compatchenes later explained their decision not to take legal action by saying, we figured that people would think we were looking for blood money. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. You know, if so, in a situation, you know, people should just automatically have to give over fucking money in a situation where negligence, you know, where people just carelessly get killed. I mean, it should just be one of the deals. But yeah, they would kind of, it's, it's unfortunate, you know. And they would come off like looking for blood money. And it's a horrible thing. I mean, it costs a lot to bury your loved one. And, you know, money ain't going to make money isn't going to make you f- miss them any less. But like, I assume if you had money, they'd want they'd want you to be you. They'd want you to like enjoy life being alive. So like take that money and go try and enjoy life after a traumatic thing. That'd be like my vibe. You know what I mean? But uh very crazy stuff, man. So they kind of knew that uh he got down with it, but they weren't ready to sack him, give him the big sack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that that what they say probably is true. There's also another darker underlying thing is that hmm. who would want to go up against the Kennedys? Well, that's, that's what I thought their quote was going to be when they were quoting about the, instead of blood money, they're like, now we 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 don't want to end up in the trunk of a car underwater either. So how about we, we'll just take our money and like yeah. go take a walk? We'll forget about yeah. it ever happened. I mean, I, I mean, the thing is that, and um, like you said, I mean, right. it's there. There's nothing that they can do. I mean, it's not like they can suddenly bring back their loved one, and right. uh, and but I. I I think, you know, in a situation like that, I mean, it's really one of those things to say who's to say, because it all depends on what the, the actual situation that happened, and you know what I mean? It's a weird deal. But, like, yeah, dude, it's horrifying. When something like that happens, I mean, I wish there was almost, like, I wish there was almost money set aside, like, you know what I mean? In a perfect world, if if you were handed that ugly card, like, you would get somebody would hook you up with something to make a lot life life a lot easier and the time is a lot easier for you to deal with that trauma you know what i mean but cause that's a lot dude it's a lot in in this world it's you know a lot of that chew them up spit them out shit so like you go from that trauma into even a you know a fit you know the more of a terrible physical situation not just mental because now fucking you don't got a house you know what i mean and you're you're in a bad way but i got some theories uh and then we'll get into like our theories and wrap this bad larry up now journalist jack olson wrote the first investigative book on the case it's called the bridge at chappaquiddick In 1970, attempting to solve the unanswered questions of the incident, Lieutenant Bernie Flynn, a state police detective assigned to the Cape Cod District Attorney Office, was a Kennedy admirer who came up with the theory, which he couldn't prove, that Kennedy got out of the car and Capetchny drove herself off the bridge. 
Very weird. Now, Ted Kennedy didn't want to admit being drunk uh, with a broad in a car in a car late at night when he saw Huck look. He got scared. Uh, Huck is H-U-C-K. Very weird. Uh, I thought it was going to be my Hawk man. Now, he got scared. He thought a cop was coming after him. Flynn claimed to have told this theory to Olsen, who didn't seem to be very impressed. Although Olsen denied having ever talked to Flynn, he related this theory in his book. Kopechny uh, was five foot two, uh, a foot shorter than Kennedy, and Olsen argued that she she might possibly not have seen the bridge as she drove Kennedy's car over unfamiliar roads at night with no external lighting and after she had consumed several alcoholic drinks. And he wrote that Capecini normally drove a Volkswagen Beetle, which was much smaller, lighter, and easier to handle than Kennedy's large Oldsmobile 88. Well, that that's kind of a theory too, because I assume. Well, the fact that they said they left, did they say that, that that Kennedy got out of the car and she drove it? Because that's kind of weird if that's what they said. But if if she was driving because he was too drunk, then that's a believable thing. You know what I mean? That 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 could almost work. And then maybe she popped her head. It's a weird, and that. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Here, here's the thing. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's say this is okay. If first of all, if she was driving, right. okay, and you know, then if she was actually driving, then I mean, first of all, all this you know cloak and dagger kind of stuff that they're doing makes no sense, right? Because I mean, let's say okay, t- can't, uh, Ted is is drunk of his ass, drunker than. A a a a a a dog's uncle, something like that. Okay, and he's not driving, and and you know he either gets out of the car or she's driving, and she crashes, and he ends up getting out, and and she ends up dying. I mean, the fact is, okay, then I mean, all of the responsibility of him being drunk is not an issue because she's the one driving. Okay. Right. So I mean that's why I have an issue with that idea because well, that would be if he didn't think that he was in trouble, then like this is the deal like it's, to the idea of the idea of her driving because he's so drunk maybe even passed out drunk. I assume I know that in car accident situations people that are drunk usually don't get. I mean, unless we're talking some fucking serious damage that they're just annihilated. But for the most part, in a little fender bendery deal, you know, people get hurt when they tense up and that's how they break bones. But like when people are drinking, they're calm and collected because they're out of their mind. You know what I mean? So like they don't break bones that way. So it's possible if he was passed out or just super drunk or whatever, she tensed up because she was the one driving and. There must have been some serious nerves on her because she ha- she was voting, trying to help this dude become president not too long ago, and now she now he's fucking blacked out in the car and she's drunk trying to get him home safely. Um, and then there's yeah, an accident, yeah. and the, the the impact in the cold water waking him out of a stupor. I could almost see. I mean, it's extremely lucky, but you always hear these weird, crazy stories that are pure luck how people walk away from some of these accidents, you know what I mean? 
Okay, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can, I can understand that being a possibility. What I don't understand yeah. is that if she was the one driving, right. okay, <laughs> and he's the one drunk off his ass, the responsibility right. is gone from him and, and all on to her. Right. So, if that is the case, then I don't see why they made a big deal of trying to, you know, bring him home, sober him up, and 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 wait for you know until the body was found to finally you know come out with the statements. Yeah. I mean, the fact is that if she was driving, all Teddy had to do was call a cop, say, "Hey, listen, she was driving my car." There was an accident. <clears throat> Unfortunately, she died. I ended up surviving. That would have been, uh, and and you know, no one would be talking about it today. No one would give a shit. Okay. Well, my but I, I mean, the thing is that there has to be more to it than because if she was driving, all the responsibility <clears throat> then falls onto her. Okay. Uh. So him being drunk is is a non-issue because he's not driving. Now, if he's driving and drunk, then that brings on the issue that the responsibility is on him. Yeah. So that's why it makes sense to me, if he was drunk and driving, why the Kennedys and everyone were like, okay, this sober mob tried to try to explain that it's I... not that he was driving drunk or anything. It was just... You know, he misjudged and all of that. Now, yeah. if she's the one driving, then it would, all they had to say is she was driving. He was drunk. Uh, he couldn't help her because he was drunk. He was suddenly woken up by the water. He ended up saving himself. Unfortunately, he, he, he was too out of it to save her. Right. Now, if that was actually what happened, then I don't see why. All of this subterfuge. I mean, all all they have to say is like, okay, this is what happened. Um, unfortunately, this poor woman died. She was trying to help help out our, our Teddy, and and that's what happened. I mean, yeah, I mean that's a, a perfectly good log um, a logical explanation. If you, if, if I just heard your voice on a TMZ recording saying that right there after an accident, I would go, "Oh, this dude don't give a fuck, dude. He don't give a fuck. He don't care." So, real quick though, I want you to behave yourself. I don't. You can never underestimate. I've never been to the point where you got to almost put his mind in this place. Completely out of his mind, drunk on alcohol and maybe some drugs, um, and it went from a point where he was probably passed out to the accident and the adrenaline rush of surviving that. And I could only imagine—I guess I can't even imagine fucking what that would do to his mind. Like I, like it. it I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I have a theory. I have a couple theories of what I think went down. I'll get to it in a little bit, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, let's just say I wouldn't underestimate the madness of being in like, uh, being in a stu drunken drug stupor and then being pulled out of it like uh, by something that crazy and being like shooken up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, to the point I mean, where like not being be like truly frazzled and truly scrambled, you know what I mean? Like, like, 
what when people say they're they're scrambled or frazzled, like the definition of it, like the complete, you know. And who's to say he, he the dude could have been up for the last three days? You know what I mean? It's a it's a wild. It's you really got to know deeper into the story a little bit, you know. But there's another theory. You know, a BBC story, Boombasticast, inside story, uh, episode titled Chappaquiddick, broadcast on July 20th, uh, 1994, the 25th anniversary of the incident, and repeated Flynn's theory. Uh, the episode argued that the explanation would account for Kennedy's lack of concern the next morning as he was unaware of the accident. And for the forensic evidence of the injuries to... Uh, Capetchny being inconsistent with her sitting in the passenger seat. You know what I mean? Very interesting. You got anything to say about that one? I I don't know. I mean, the thing is that, I mean, I don't have the autopsy report here, and I wasn't on scene. I know exactly how the body was found. I mean, the thing is that if she was the one driving then, uh, like I said, I don't understand why. I mean, okay, this going, even if he was drunk out of his ass, okay, he still was able to get home, okay? And let's say that someone... That could have been assisted, though. I've never thought about, up until this episode, I've never thought about the possibility of there being a second car that was following behind. Okay, even if there was a second car that that was following, okay? Okay, and they saw what happened. They pulled him out. Right. Again, if she was driving the car, okay? Yeah. Okay, if she was driving the car, then, I mean, I don't see why they, uh, those who pulled him out wouldn't go call the cops Tell them what happened. Have them go and 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 try to recover. You know, deal with it right then. I right. mean, I mean, the thing is, my heart goes out to her, and 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 I, but I have a hard time believing she's the one driving. If he was driving, I can understand why this. They suddenly decide, oh, we're going to you know try to sober him up and all that. If she was driving, then that's non-issue. Okay, that he was drunk, that he was, you know, coked out of his mind. That doesn't matter. He wasn't driving. The, the responsibility of the driving of the car would have been on her. And unfortunately, yeah, and I'm sure the candidates would be happy with it, would say, well, you know, unfortunately, she drove and she made a mistake. And, and unfortunately, this happened. But well, you're looking if at he your- was driving, okay, then I can understand why they all you know, decide, well, we're going to make sure we have him say this and, and, and do this and try to appease to the uh, the uh, Boston public to try to save his job and all that. I mean, like I said, if, if, he, if he wasn't driving, then I don't think that they needed to go through all this bullshit. I think that you're kind of taking, uh, you're looking at it, it's good that you're looking at it this way, but you're looking at it more of like a, his guilt thing. Like, yeah he, yeah, he knows that he can get away with it, but I don't think you're leaning into how frazzled his mind would be of coming out of like a near-death experience type deal on top of what uh, possibly yeah. could be 
I don't know. I assume it's it's a party, man. I'm, I assume life's a party. Uh, it, it's like rock star almost deal. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, like like we were saying. I mean, this this going with your your idea that possibly there was a car following. Well, okay. Okay. That's not life's a party, but yeah, I, I do, yeah. Okay, I do. okay. This this go with with the idea that <laughs> that second car now. Yeah. Okay. We were yeah. talking about possibly the second car is what picked him up. Okay. Right. I mean, this was during a time where cell phones weren't really a thing. Correct. Okay. Correct. It wasn't like he could just you know, hey, hey, dude, what's up? Okay. Right. So if we're going with the fact that the car was driving behind them, or a car was driving by, yeah. okay. And then uh, picked him up, okay? Then the fact is that if a car was following them, then I would assume that they would be able to tell or know because they were following him that she was driving and he was in the passenger seat, okay? And if that's the case, okay, and and they pull, pulled him out and all that, yeah, pull them to safety and then, you know, go uh, call the cops, say, hey, listen, because then, I mean, now you're, you're bypassing the fact that he's all frazzled and drugged or whatever, because then you have other people that are supposed to be rational in that situation that are taking this frazzled guy out of the situation. Well, I feel now, the fact is, even if they're, they're, the whole thing is to protect the Kennedy name and protect Teddy, if she was driving, then I would not see a problem with them calling the cops and take care of the problem at that moment. Because, I, I mean, the responsibility then is shifted from uh, Teddy and and they they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, I feel now, that... I mean, the thing is, I'm I'm strongly saying that Teddy was the one driving. Okay. Right, whether whether we're going with the fact that he had another person in that he was playing with, and she was in the back, and he saved the other one but didn't save her, that's a possibility. Or he and her were were driving together, and he made a bad judgment call, and she ended up dying, and he ended up getting out. Now, if if we're going with the whole fragile idea, because he's totally you know, coked or, or drunk out of his mind, not knowing what completely he's doing. Hawked. He's completely hawked out of his face. Okay, he's completely hawked out of his mind. Yeah. Okay. Then I can buy that he was driving, she was either in the passenger seat or in the back seat or something like that. Yeah. And then, you know, the accident happened. And then, you know, he gets out, he's frazzled, he somehow stumbles either home or to you know, a place where he can get a taxi cab or something and he gets home and then, you know, he wakes up and he totally forgets about this until, you know, the car is found and, and the woman, unfortunately, is found. And then we can go with that and then, okay, I can understand about the delay. All right. So, all right, well, real quick, I just want to say uh, a car that could be following the people in it would probably care more about him than the girl and if they thought that the girl was dead they would try to get him out of there whether he was driving or not uh maybe when they were leaving the scene somebody said something well we'll just say that teddy let her use his car tonight 
and she drove off by accident or she left. And then when they got, when they fit, thought about it more, it didn't work somehow. So they had to like switch up their story. But I, I definitely, I think, you know, I'll, I'll get into my theory. We have one more little theory that I'm going to get into my, I have t- a couple theory, two theories that it could possibly. Right, hit, hit us with uh, both your theories, dude. Well, no, real quickly, the, the, the last, the, we got one more that somebody else has, you know, the fourth generation Chapp- Chappaquiddick resident Bill Piney in his 2017 book, Chappaquiddick Speaks, presents the theory that Capetchu was seriously injured in an earlier crash and then the bridge accident was faked. The book laments that uh, the incident robbed Chappaquiddick of its traditional peace and privacy, attracting large tourist groups wanting to view the sites connected to the tragedy, which we actually should get out to the tra- to see that. I'd be interested. So uh, that's an interesting one, too, that there was an accident somewhere else, and they did it. They covered it up. But, I mean, an accident's an accident. Um, unless we're talking about like he beat her to death, like he fucking brutalized her physically, and then yeah, you—that's something you're probably better off fucking trying to put her in the water. You know what I mean? Um, that's a horrible thing. But um, yeah, that's the only way I'd see them trying to cover something up, like in that sense of it. You know what I mean? But I do have well, a theory that rides along that pretty close. And I'll just pop in. So a couple of my theories is the theory that, you know, because he was cheating on his wife. Well, supposedly, uh, I think there was a little romance going down. And I think that maybe somebody got pregnant or maybe there was some issue where it was going to get public. And I think that possibly she might have been killed and she might have been dead before she went into that car. And then the story revolves around. I think there could be something. Uh, like that scenario uh, and, and the car thing is interesting because then, you know, if it's planned out, then there's definitely people in another car that pick him up, but you would assume, you know, he wouldn't be so because of the drunk. I, I do feel it kind of has an accident vibe to it and it's kind of the way it is, but I do think that there, there was like a relationship going on there that shouldn't have been happening. Um, the accident happens she, I think he's just too fucked up to even know what's going on and is afraid that he's going to get in trouble. You know, very not a cool thing for sure. Um, and then he kind of get his dad and his folks. Um, the family's so powerful, I'm almost worried of them coming out of the grave to get me. That's how powerful that family was. The um, But like his dad would help him like clear, clean it up a little bit, you know what I mean, the best they can. And, um, then, you know, it's one of those vibes. And then he just drank forever because of the guilt of the situation. You know what I mean? But there's, uh, yeah, there's like, it's, well, what's your take? What do you think happened, Hawkman? I did want to. Honestly, I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, what I think is more, more realistic, what happened, okay, was he was drunk she was in the car with him. He drove, okay, and he miscalculated. They crashed. He got out, and it's going with your theory of him being, you know, bombed out of his mind. Yeah. He he just, you know, um, a fight or flight uh, response. So he he flew. He he got out. He saved himself, and he he got home one way or the other. Whether he walked until he, he found a taxi cab, whether he went and found friends, wherever. He finally got home, 
And then, you know, he woke up and then he realized, oh my God, you know, what happened? And then by that time, he's talking to his folks. They're trying to figure out what's the best course of action. Yeah. And then the body's found. And then everyone goes into this try to, you know, save face mode. I agree. I get okay, down. That's probably what most likely happened. I mean, it's. I mean, that's. I think, yeah, when he came out. When he popped out of that water, dude, he definitely was like, if the cops come here, I'm finished. Um, and then I think he went home and, you know, I think that he might have been in a bad state of mind to the point where he said, you know what, I'll like, I, like the, the story of him lending the car to her, I do think probably popped in his head or somebody's head first. And they the, that said, okay. Let's fucking just start going with that. And then later found out it doesn't work when they can say, well, there was witnesses that seen us all together. You know what I mean? Um, and then they're like, fuck. So we got to like, but meanwhile, she's still chilling. It's weird yeah. though, because like, if you were going to do, if you were going to do, it's it's a sloppy, the whole thing's a sloppy accident though. You know what I mean? Because like, if you were going to be any, if he was trying to kill her off for whatever reason, it would have been she just would have disappeared. She just would have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, would have shown up for work one day. Yeah, he, I, I mean, the thing it. is, it definitely was not a planned, strategic thing. Okay, it's I, yeah. I mean, the fact be, is that if it was, then no one would have found the body. No one would have found the car, and all of that. What and, and and the fact is that I do think that. Um, the, as far as they were concerned, it was all about damage control and trying to protect their reputation and Teddy and less about, you know, what happened to this. I have, I have one more question for you. Okay. All right. John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Assassinated. Yeah. Bobby Kennedy assassinated. Yeah. What if the some superpowers to be were to assassinate the character of Teddy Kennedy and they knew he was a drunk, they knew that he would be in a situation like that, and, and people came in and almost orchestrated what happened? What do you think? That, would, like that? that would not, I mean, like I said before, that, that would not be uh, above the uh, realm of possibility. Like I said, one of the th possibilities that uh, have been passed around is the fact that, you know, that the Kennedys, when they end up, uh, you know, getting help from uh, people behind the scenes and then become powerful, they have a tendency to think that they, you know, have reached and that, you know, they don't have to, uh, you know, pay back the debts that got them where they are. And, and if you still have the people that, decide to get rid of those two tr uh, troublesome Kennedys, and they're like, well, there's only one Kennedy left. Maybe we can, uh, you know, leverage him uh, for something. Um, setting this situation so they can have leverage on him, I would not be surprised. If they're willing to, you know, assassinate, you know, both um, John and Bobby, Assassination, the character, even if it causes a death of a young poor woman, I would not be surprised. Because you gotta, you uh, yeah. But like I said, 
I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities. Uh, we'll never know a hundred percent. I mean, this is just us talking about, you know, all the different things that come to our mind when talking about this. And the fact is that nothing we say is gospel. I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot of, I mean, when you're dealing with people with so much power and so much influence, I mean, uh, they're always going to uh, think about their well-being over anyone else. Right. And and the fact is that, I mean, probably if, if you, after looking at everything, it probably was just a simple accident that happened. And because of who was, who was involved, this is why everyone knows about it. But because fa- this yeah. is Behold the Pill podcast, we want you to... Th- Think about that shadow, that shadow organization in there, because realistically, like, think about it like this: uh, what the crime was, Teddy Ketty could have possibly have ended up in prison, which, in prison, he could have been killed in there, or he could have just had to do a stretch of that, which. For for Kennedy that lived a good life to go into prison is like I bet they would rather blow their fucking brains out for real, you know what I mean? And it's quite possible that the the powers that be that are the Kennedys, we say you know what what you know how could that happen and stuff. It's like maybe with all their power, the most they could do was keep him out of prison and just make him look like a belligerent drunk, but they still saved his life. You know what I mean? Like they pro- they had to do a lot to get what little they got, but for all we know, there was a serious fucking deal going on behind the scenes on that. And uh, the idea of some folks trying to orchestrate it isn't that far fetched because after a while, ki- yeah, killing's effective, but it gets boring. You know, it's more entertaining to watch something else unfold in the public eye and really humiliate somebody. I assume on that level. Especially when you're talking about an iconic name like the Kennedys, like, you know, dying, getting assassinated, there's respect that comes with that. You know, having some, have being someone that drunkenly killed a girl attached to your legacy is not respectable. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. It's a wild deal, but, uh, yeah. What a world, what a world, what a world. Uh, I guess the, the, the key is do not drink and drive, ladies and gentlemen. Do not drink and drive. It is a very bad thing, and if people are out to get you, you already get, you're already holding their hand. You're already helping them if you're taking your life from your hands like that, and people that could be in the car with you, you know what I mean? Uh, drink and driving's whack, for sure. But uh, we thank you all for listening to this episode with just me and brother Alex. But we're we're glad to bring it to you however we can bring it to you. You know what I mean? And with that being said, you know, if you dug this, uh, for the folks out there that um, remember we had an episode with the great Keith Rivera, um of Serial Killers and Heaven, Victims in Hell, the author. Uh, he actually has a, uh, a new podcast with the Boombastic Media Network, which is very cool. You know what I mean? The lighter side of serial killers with Keith Rivera. You know, go pop that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, home team player. Uh, I really appreciate his style of, uh, of just writing and, 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 you know, the correspondence and the, the art and all types. Of, I dig it. I dig him. 
He's a good dude, good guest, uh, very interesting show. So I wanted to pop that on here because I know we get a lot of true crime people that get down with it. You know what I mean? Uh, right now we got the Vampire of Paris uh, with Nico Clue up there. So if anybody wants to get down with that. Now, the interesting thing about Keith's show is not only does he talk about the situations, um, but he actually has the people on the show to talk about it, victims and, you know, the all folks involved type deal. Um, and Nico actually happens to be on this episode, you know what I mean? And this is a little shorter for folks out there, like shorter episodes. Some people say they like them shorter, you know, the 30 minute mark. And I enjoy a good 30 minute marker myself. You know what I mean? It's a nice in and out quick type deal. You don't want to get too close, I guess, to this content, you know, could get you, could get you. So, uh, by all means, Jeff, you're definitely on there. Check that out for sure. And of course, you know, go check out Keith's books too. They're both on Amazon right now. You know, the OG serial killers in heaven, victims in hell, question mark book, as well, uh, the story of you, uh, which is the newest book he's got cracking out there. Uh, you know, and they're very reasonably priced, you know what I mean? And uh, it's a good stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, you know, welcome Keith in the lighter side of serial killers to the network. We're very happy to have you. And uh, to the Behold fans out there, the ones that got a little bit of that serial killer in their heart, right up in their heart, that I think that you uh, you want to see the different side, get really intimate conversations, you know, like this is your, it's not too, as a fan of myself, of the, the subject, uh, you know what I mean? The subject matter. I can't quote, I can't speak for, you know, anybody else like brother Alexander over there, but I, I will say that uh, I, I, it's very interesting stuff. You know, the book's a good read and, you know, it's not like morbid, there's morbid details and stuff, but he's not, you know, he's not the crib keeper. When you see, when, when, when you, when you think of people think talking about talking to sir killers and stuff like that, you automatically think it's the crib keeper, the crib doing it, but uh keeps a good dude, smart dude, uh great writer. I really dig his books too. So uh, give him a chance out there. If you, check him out, dude. Super duper fucking good shit on that level. Um, and I want to say they're like 12, 13 bucks on Amazon. You know what I mean? Can't beat that. That's, that's my favorite part of all time with everything. So with that being said, go check out that show and uh, check out more of this show wherever you listen to shows because we like when you listen to our shows. It's very fantastic. Uh, support wherever you can. We appreciate. You know what I mean? And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Behold, 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 Apal Podcast. My fellow citizens, I have requested this opportunity to talk to the people of Massachusetts about the tragedy which happened last Friday evening. This morning I entered a plea of guilty to the charge of leaving the scene of an accident. Prior to my appearance in court, it would have been proper for me to comment on these matters. But tonight I am free to tell you what happened and to say what it means to me. On the weekend of July 18th, I was on Martha's Vineyard Island, participating with my nephew, Joe Kennedy. As for 30 years, my family has participated in the annual Edgartown Sailing Regatta. Only reasons of health prevented my wife from accompanying me. On Chappaquiddick Island, off Martha's Vineyard, I attended on Friday evening, July 18th, 
a cookout I had encouraged and helped sponsor for a devoted group of Kennedy campaign secretaries. When I left the party around 11.15 p.m., I was accompanied by one of these girls, Miss Mary Jo Kopechny. Mary Jo was one of the most devoted members of the staff of Senator Robert Kennedy. She worked for him for four years and was broken up over his death. For this reason and because she was such a gentle, kind, an idealistic person, all of us tried to help her feel that she still had a home with the Kennedy family. There is no truth, no truth whatever, to the widely circulated suspicions of immoral conduct that have been leveled at my behavior and hers regarding that evening. There has never been a private relationship between us of any kind. I know of nothing in Mary Jo's conduct on that or any other occasion. And the same is true of the other girls at that party that would lend any substance to such ugly speculation about their character. Nor was I driving under the influence of liquor. Little over one mile away, the car that I was driving on an unlit road went off a narrow bridge which had no guardrails and was built on the left angle to the road. The car overturned in a deep pond and immediately filled with water. I remember thinking as the cold water rushed in around my head that I was for certain drowning. Then water entered my lungs and I actually felt the sensation of drowning. But somehow I struggled to the surface alive. I made immediate and repeated efforts to save Mary Jo by diving into the strong and murky current but succeeded only in increasing my state of utter exhaustion and alarm. My conduct and conversations during the next several hours to the extent that I can remember them make no sense to me at all. Although my doctors informed me that I suffered a cerebral concussion as well as shock, I do not seek to escape responsibility for my actions by placing the blame either on the physical and emotional trauma brought on by the accident or on anyone else. I regard as indefensible the fact that I did not report the accident to the police immediately. Instead of looking directly for a telephone after lying exhausted in the grass for an undetermined time, I walked back to the cottage where the party was being held and requested the help of two friends, my cousin Joseph Gargan and Paul Markham, and directed them to return immediately to the scene with me. This was sometime after midnight. In order to undertake a new effort to dive down and locate Miss Kopechny. Their strenuous efforts undertaken at some risk to their own lives also proved futile. All kinds of scrambled thoughts, all of them confused, some of them irrational, many of them which I cannot recall, and some of which I would not have seriously entertained under normal circumstances went through my mind during this period. They were reflected in the various inexplicable, inconsistent, and inconclusive things I said and did 
including such questions as whether the girl might still be alive somewhere out of that immediate area, whether some awful curse did actually hang over all the Kennedys, whether there was some justifiable reason for me to doubt what had happened and to delay my report, whether somehow the awful weight of this incredible incident might in some way pass from my shoulders. I was overcome, I'm frank to say, by a jumble of emotions, grief, grief, fear, doubt, fear, doubt, exhaustion, exhaustion panic, confusion, panic, confusion, and shock, and shock. Instructing Gargan and Markham not to alarm Mary Joe's friends that night, I had them take me to the ferry crossing. The ferry having shut down for the night, I suddenly jumped into the water and impulsively swam across, nearly drowning once again in the effort, and returned to my hotel about 2 a.m. and collapsed in my room. I remember going out at one point and saying something to the room clerk. In the morning, with my mind somewhat more lucid, more lucid, I made an effort to call a family legal advisor, Burke Marshall, from a public telephone on the Chappaquiddick side of the ferry, and then belatedly reported the accident to the Martha Vineyard Police. Today, as I mentioned, I felt morally obligated to plead guilty to the charge of leaving, of leaving the scene of an accident. Scene of an accident. No words on my part can possibly express and suffering, the terrible pain and suffering I feel over this tragic incident. This last week has been an agonizing one for me over the loss of a wonderful friend and for the members of my family. And the grief we feel over the loss of a wonderful friend will remain with will us remain with us the rest of our lives. The rest of our lives.